Hey everyone, it's David Chen. What you're about to hear is a Slash Filmcast After Dark episode that was recorded on February 1st, 2021. Now, typically, After Dark episodes are exclusive to patrons over on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash filmpodcast. Uh, but this After Dark episode, I don't know, I just really felt like this was a good exemplar of the form. This was a good example of what an After Dark episode might be. And so I thought, hey, let's release it for free to everyone. So that's what we're going to do. This is the entire uncut After Dark episode. It's coming out a little bit later on the main feed, but uh, you can still enjoy the whole thing. And if you want to support the podcast and get episodes like this every week, uh, or most weeks, I should say, uh, and in a fairly timely fashion, all you got to do is go over to patreon.com slash filmpodcast. Okay, without further ado, here's the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Slash Filmcast After Dark, the after show for when we talk about a, rand a bunch of random topics that didn't make it into the main show. This is currently a podcast that is exclusive to our patrons at patreon.com slash filmpodcast. Thanks to all of you for making these episodes of the podcast possible. We are headed towards 2,000 patrons, gentlemen, which is wow. incredible. we got almost, uh, as of this recording, we're, we've almost cracked 1,800. Astounding. It's yeah. amazing. Thank you, you guys, all. You guys are amazing. amazing. And, and I, I'm just going to put this out there. Like, uh, this Patreon has allowed me to dream of a day <laughs> when I can make a living podcasting. Yeah. Um and uh, I'm so grateful to all of our listeners for for allowing that. Um uh so thank you. Thank you. Um, yes. Thank you. We are all I, grateful. I, I, I don't know that somebody quite... who has lost two jobs in the last <laughs> 4 months. I am also very grateful. <laughs> <laughs> um okay, so on the on the After Darks, we have been doing a mixture of prepared topics and unprepared topics and mailbags so far. And I think we're going to continue with that for the foreseeable future, uh, like a prepared topic being like, um, you know, a movie review or something like that. Um, but when we, we're not doing mailbag and when we're not doing like a movie review, we have kind of free form grab bag of topics. Um, and so uh, I am going to start this week's After Dark by playing a clip for you all to listen to. Oh, oh. boy. Now, this is a couple a, weeks the ago, Audio Daily Double. Audio Daily Double. So uh, this is, I, I'm not actually going to use this yet. I, I really should use this. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to use it uh, right now, actually. I'll, I'll use it in context right now. How about that? A few weeks ago, uh, we talked about having mailbag episodes. This is not a mailbag episode, but we talked about having mailbag episodes. And Jeff, you were like, we should have a theme song. Yeah. And I said, Jeff, can you extemporize a theme song? And you uh -oh. did. And we asked someone to... Oh boy. Uh, we, we we put a call out there like, hey, can you like do a remix of the theme song? And Noah Ross, the guy who did our Weekly Plugs remix, created what you're about to hear. Oh, boy. Emails. Emails from the. Emails from the. Email bag. <laughs> it's pretty good. <laughs> not not only is it pretty good it's also the only person it's only the only option that we have yeah for hey, the email default. Bag. Yeah. you know what? You, that's because default. no there could be no other options you it's know true. what i'm saying it's so true it's so true um well i i can't play the email bags music and then not read an email right oh, yeah that's so that's the first rule of email bags music i'm gonna read this one email from alex Lee, who wrote into the Slash Filmcast today that I forwarded you guys. Here's the email in its entirety. Quote, 
Blows my mind that Devendra is an Indian dude. Always imagined him as a pasty white guy with curly red hair. End quote. You know, I don't know if this was a troll or not. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys ever you guys ever have that thing where people like imagine what you look like and they're surprised like they meet you in person and they're surprised that you look like how you look like? So uh, no, what's worse ever- than that is when you when you did a video show for seven years <laughs> and throughout that process, the fans of that show meet you in person and go, I really huh. thought you were going to be taller. Huh. I mean, that, that's that's at least something. Uh, what if what if you've been also making videos for like ten years and people still don't don't know what you look yeah. like and completely get your race wrong? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is a thing. Okay, so so this is a thing that happens when you're working in quote unquote show business or in entertainment or in when you're creating content is. People pretend to listen slash listen to slash watch your things. Have you noticed this phenomenon? Right, like uh-huh. yeah. Um, I, I was reading uh, Ronan Farrow's book, uh, "Catch and Kill." I think is the name of the book, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he was saying that something that happened to him was like people would say, "Like, oh my gosh, love your show, love your show on NBC." Meanwhile, like the show had been canceled like nine months ago. Yeah, so yeah. it was very clear that they had not been watching his show. Um, that they were just completely bullshitting him. And it reminded me of like a lot of interactions I've had, you know, like people will say like whenever people are like, oh man, huge fan of the podcast. I'm, I'm always just kind of like, mm, but I don't know yeah. if you actually listen to the you podcast. Know, it, it is, by the way, it is uh, not, not to spoil white tiger too much, but it is a certain meeting in white tiger, you know, where somebody meets somebody who's very important. And the purpose is like, who are you? What's going on? I don't, I don't, I don't know if I should trust you basically. And Mm -hmm. that is a lot of what I uh, also experienced when I, especially when I was covering startups and I was more like in the venture world, like, Oh my God, what a, what an insane place to be. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah, go ahead. ahead. No, no, no. Let, let the finish. Well, I was going to say, can you say more about that? Like how, how would be, cause you wrote for venture beat for quite some time, right? I did. And, and I, my sense from the venture capital world is that like, it's very, uh, consumed with image like people care about image of which venture beat helped to shape it yep. and, and so how would that kind of come back on you as a journalist at venture beat it was more like you know we would run a lot of conferences and stuff too so if i were to just step out onto the floor you know and people saw either my name tag or like knew that I was writing for the site that was putting on the conference i'd just be kind of swarmed by people like trying to <laughs> oh, pitch me yeah. pitch me <laughs> all this stuff like there there were points where i had to like tell people to stop coming into the bathrooms to pitch at like <laughs> urinals and stuff. So, and then like, yeah, clearly they don't know who you are. Or they, it's, it's especially bad when like they try to, yeah, praise anything you've done. And it's not really that. Because and they, they have no idea. They, they have no idea what you were. What, what's like the, the strangest pitch you've ever received. If, if you can recall. Oh man, I don't know. And this, this wasn't even venture beat. This was just like a, you know, people people pitch all sorts of things, but there was a point where I think I almost made a kid cry because uh, his wrist-mounted tablet was a very <laughs> stupid idea. And I just, I basically had to, like, break down why nobody would ever use this and y- stop. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's brutal, Devendra. Brutal. Thanks. And that kid's name was the, the main dude from The White Tiger. Um, <laughs> I, I should be worried. Joe I should be worried. Apple. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Apple was his name. Actually, I was gonna say uh, Balram uh, mm. from the White Tiger, but I forgot his name for a second. Had to look it up. Sorry about that. Uh, okay, 
Jeff, what were you, you you've experienced this as well, I assume. Uh, yes. I mean, uh, this is very different than what Devinder's talking about with regard to people pitching you projects. But I, I, I genuinely think most people are trying to be nice mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, everything you're talking about, everything of, I loved you in this, or I, I, I love your show I, is code for, I recognize you as someone. Yeah. I, I, I they're, what important. they're trying to say is I know that I'm supposed to know you. Right. And so the only way for me to express that is by saying this and they're, their heart is in the right place. They're trying to be on the same page. I've, I've had that thing many, many, many times, uh, where, <laughs> you know, you, you, you go to the dentist for the first time, a mm-hmm. uh, new dentist, or you, uh, you go to a new haircut place or whatever it is. And they go, Oh, what do you do for a living? And I go, Oh, I'm an actor and a, a podcaster. And, you know, you, you learn to not say certain things after a yeah, while, yeah, but yeah. you know, and they go, Oh my, oh, well, really? I, I, I hear more I'd about recognize- that. I want to hear more about that. Like, <laughs> what do you, what do you learn to say and not say? Just like, well, I'm about, I'm getting into it. Oh, sorry. So sorry. you go, I, I'm an actor. Oh, oh really? What about, I thought I recognized you. And, and in my head, I'm going, no, you don't, you don't no. recognize me. Uh, what, what, what have you been in? And then, I, and then now the onus is on me to convince right. you that you've seen me, even though I know you haven't seen me. But you've established this dynamic where you've decided you have seen me and I know you haven't. And for me to insist you haven't seen me is to diminish me. But now that's my job. Right. So it's exactly go, oh. like a John being John Malkovich. He's like, yeah, you were in that Jewel Thief movie, you know, and he's like, <laughs> yeah. I wasn't in the Jewel Thief movie. Yeah. yeah. No. You, so then you, you they go, what have you seen? And then I go, well, I've done a bunch of TVs. Like what? Like what? Uh, you know, a bunch of soaps and oh, I love soaps. What have I seen you? Uh, okay, I, I did an episode of The Mentalist, you know? <laughs> oh, I, oh, yes, that's what it is. I love The Mentalist. And I'm like, no, I put a fucking cop and a mentalist in one scene. You don't know me from The Fucking Mentalist. But their heart is in the right place, right? Mm-hmm, they, mm-hmm. they, yeah. they, So you, you don't know, want to shut tr- them down, right? Right. And, yeah. and to shut them down would to literally, I have to insist that I am less cool than they want me to be. And I shouldn't be put in that position, right? I shouldn't be forced <laughs> to diminish myself to them, even though I deserve to be diminished, right? Because I don't, you know, but that, you know, again, their heart is in the right place. They want to establish a connection. They want to be on the same page with you. Oh my God, I love, oh no, and genuinely when people are like, Jeff Kanata, I know who you are. I love your stuff. That's awesome. And sometimes when people say that, they also haven't been watching or listening every week. Mm-hmm. They at one point watch the Totally Rad show or listen to a couple episodes of the Slash Filmcast, whatever it is. They know who I am. But if I grilled them on like, what did we talk about last week? They don't know. It's not sure, about sure. that, right? It's just sure. like, hey, in this moment in time, I want to acknowledge that I know who you are and I want you to acknowledge that I know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, should... I, I say all that, that it is, it, you know, it, it's not a burden. It is, it, is a, it is a lovely, genuine thing that people, we just as a culture really value fame, even when it's barely fame <laughs> and don't honestly know what to do with it. Sure. Right? sure. I, I mean, recognize Jeff, you. you. You have touched more fame than the vast majority of people, right? So you are still a fascination to them. Be given the fact that you do this cool work, you know, it's still cool work, even though it's not as much as you want, right? Right. Yes, that's true. 
You know, Jeff, I uh, sometimes I, I, I scroll through my archives of photos. I found the, a photo of the first time mm. I ever met you. Really? Can I can I post this on in the, the Patreon? 2009 I don't Comic-Con? see why not. It was. It yeah. was. Oh, I have, have you seen those line, photos recently. Yeah. In line with Peter Sreda? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. 2008 Comic-Con. Um, and what I'm going to do, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to... 13 te- years ago, fellas. Man. I'm going to text yeah. it to you. And then I'm going to post it in the Patreon. So you can see it. And then people in the Patreon can also see. You're presenting right? this in a way that I will object to this photo. Is there something no, 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 untoward no. about nothing, this photo? Obje- nothing objectionable. Here's what I'm going to say, Jeff. I'm, I've texted it to you now. Uh, I think your style has improved dramatically since then. <laughs> <laughs> I think all of our styles. Has oh, been, yeah, you don't like the sunglasses. You don't our like the sunglasses. Our styles back then were basically jeans and t-shirts, um, but very, like, not, not as cool. Not as cool. I mean... The, the the real shocking thing is that I don't still have that T-shirt. That's the I'm it's looking really at this the T-shirt. Sun, it's really the sunglasses that I think are out of control, Jeff. In this, they were, in this image. you know, hey man, 2008 sunglasses. They were they were they were nice. It looks like you bought those for three dollars from a Seven <laughs> Eleven. I would I would be willing to bet that I did buy them for three dollars at whatever <laughs> place was closest to Comic Con. It was likely that I forgot my sunglasses and had to buy some at a thrift store. On the way. But you know what? Uh, That's okay, because it was Comic-Con, and what do I care? Incredible image. Uh, history, history in the making. You know? History in the making. Yeah, history um, in the making. Uh, speaking, speaking of fashion, though, uh, I made a realization today, gents. It, I had to go to uh, the doctor today to get my, my arm looked at, because mm-hmm. my whole my whole arm yeah. fiasco, right? How's that going? And, Things are okay. I'm getting better, um, but we're still trying to figure out root cause, and it's going to take some time to do that. Um, and I decided, you know what? Um, I'm I'm going out into the big city with the bright lights, you know, because I've I basically haven't left a one mile radius of this house yeah, for like yeah. more than three times in the last year. Uh, I, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it's close. It's close. Um, so I decided, you know what? I'm going to put on some jeans today. Um, because I have not been wearing jeans for the last year. Jeans are fancy clothes to me now. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I've been wearing uh-huh. sweatpants for the entire yeah. time, right? Um, because no, nobody nobody sees uh, nobody sees below your waist on camera, right? Correct. So it doesn't matter what you wear. It's great. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So I put on the, I put on the jeans. And I'm like, wow, jeans are uncomfortable. Jeans <laughs> suck, know? dude. Who you would know? do this? Yeah. And, and I'm like, I, yeah. Go ahead, Jeff. I had this same realization not too long ago. And I ha- and this was before Christmas uh, that I had this realization. And for Christmas, I made it a point. One of the things I asked for from fan- family and my wife were those pants that are sweatpants, <laughs> but nicer than sweatpants. Joggers? Like made to look what? Joggers. I, I don't know the name, but there's like a yeah. new sort of breed yeah, of yeah, yeah, yeah. like you're, they're meant to be worn out. They kind of look like slacks, but they, mm. you know, they're, they're tapered and they look nice. And I got like five pairs of them. I'm I have no desire to ever wear jeans again. They're the, listen, pants technology, guys. Let me tell you about pants technology. Yes. I just picked up some new. Yeah, those things are good. Joggers. So joggers were basically like jeans that had like uh, sweatpants cuffs and waist for a while, and people really like those. But I got some like uh, technical pants. I don't know what the actual name of it is, but from uh, from Banana Republic, which is like normally my like my neutral place. I get like a decent amount of clothes for cheap because I shop at Banana Republic Factory. Great place. You get a lot of good deals there. Check it out. Um, but yeah, I bought these pants that look like uh, slacks, 
the waist is just super stretchy. It just yeah. like moves all over the place. I, I love it. Why would I wear jeans when I can wear this? Exactly. Never going yeah. back. I am fully converted to this new lifestyle of stretchy material. Uh, there's no, yeah. I mean, this is one thing that quarantine has changed forever as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. I mean, I am kind of curious, like whether or not COVID is going to change, like, is going to eliminate the idea of formal, formal yeah. clothing for work. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is how you get to dystopian fashion, by the way, of just like everybody just dressing <laughs> in rags and Mad Max. Like we just get up after a certain you point. You know what looks really good on you is uh, the license plate of your car uh, strapped <laughs> between two pieces of leather. Oh, it's great. It's great. Yeah, but but do you know what I mean? So I uh I grew up in Boston and in Boston there was this idea of like business casual, right? Which is like slacks or khakis with a button-down shirt, maybe a tie if you're feeling like it. Um so it's between casual and a suit, right? And when I moved to Seattle, uh everyone just wears whatever the hell they want. Yeah, like the, no the one gives a place of shit. grunge. Uh, now you know what grunge really means. It's just like yeah. wear wear whatever's lying around. Basically. I would go, I, you know, I, I have worked at two of the largest tech companies in the country at this point, uh -huh. and both te tech companies, it's like, they emphasize when you go to interview, like, hey, uh, wear whatever you're comfortable with. No, really, please believe us. Like, that is exactly what we mean. <laughs> because if you do show up with a suit and tie, uh -huh. you look really out of place. Everyone knows <laughs> you're exactly immediately you're ostracized. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, everyone's like, oh, that's the person that's interviewing today. Like, no, no one is like, no one is wearing a suit and tie on campus. Right. So <laughs> look at that douche. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's, no, there's none of that, Jeff. But it's just more like it's, it's like, yeah, it's it, you will stick out like a sore thumb, basically, if you don't wear completely casual clothes. Um, so. So I, I'm already in the mode of like, I was never going to go back to like a, a business casual ever again to begin uh -huh. with. And I mean, now yeah. it seems like the world has gotten on my train, right? Like <laughs> I, everyone's I on board that. of my situation. I love how even like all the late night hosts have sort of all <laughs> agreed that they're not wearing suits anymore. I'm digging yeah. that, dude. You know, I watched Seth Meyer at night and he's like, you know, in a three buttons open on his shirt. He's wearing a... You know, it's 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 great. I'm like, yeah, we're barely hanging on here, people. Like, why should <laughs> yeah. I wear a suit? You know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, 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 like this conversation reminds me, like, it really does depend on where you live, right? Like, as soon as we move to Atlanta um from New York, and New York is a place where, you know, you kind of have to you go outside, you dress to go outside, right? Like I don't I don't wear sweats, I don't I don't wear like like raggedy inside clothes. Like I'll put on jeans and a t-shirt if I'm going outside, like make sure it look nice. Um, I know friends who go even harder when it comes to like fashion and sneakers and stuff, but I, you know, I just, I just have like a presentability standard I adhere to in New York. Moved to Atlanta. <laughs> it's just like, fuck it. Fuck it, guys. I'm, I'm going to go to Publix in sweats and I just, I don't care anymore. I don't know how much of it was just being broken from the move, but also, yeah, nobody cares. Just nobody yeah, cares. Nobody here, cares. So. The, the, yeah. the, here's a, here's yeah. the thing that I, that happened to me is uh, we had a friend who hired a private chef to cook dinner for all mm -hmm. of his friends, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I haven't done that very much where I've gone to like a private chef house yeah, or yeah. Uh, some, you know, they, they make like a private chef meal for you and it's like, it's pretty cool. And so my wife's like, you know what? We're going to go all out on this. Like she, <laughs> she like dressed up in this like very like kind of high fashion. Um, I think it's, is it called a romper? I'm not sure exactly what she wore. But it had high like, fashion romper. Okay, it had okay. like sequin. It had sequins. Mutually on it. Exclu exclusive. But go ahead. 
it had like sequins on it, you know, like it was like very fancy. It was like it wouldn't have looked out of a place at like a a, a fancy ball or gala or something like that. Uh-huh. We show up, and literally everyone is wearing flannel. <laughs> Wait, this is pre-COVID. You're talking about this is pre-COVID. This is yeah. pre- yes, I would not go to a dinner party during COVID, but yes, right. um, everyone is wearing flannel, and it's just like wow. Like the thing. Here's the thing: is it's amazing that people don't give a shit what you're dressing as, and like you can wear whatever you want. It's also a trap. <laughs> Do you know, like, a if, you just, yeah. if you try too hard, then you're you're doing it wrong. Basically. Well, I think I'm saying I think I'm saying that like it's nice to like in a place like L.A. There is fashion. There is like you know prestigious um, like galas and things you can go to that yeah. like like show the full spectrum of of formality in terms of dress. And here we don't have that. Like like the most <laughs> fancy thing you go to, guaranteed like a fifth of the people just wore whatever they woke up in. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I, w- um, I would get this by the way, like whenever I would visit our San Francisco office and just like, you know, wa- basically West coast where you guys just don't care. Although I've been no, yeah. South, people the don't South, care. Southeast yeah. is just kind of like baby. that too. But yeah, it is like I had jeans and like a cool, cool looking shirt and that's it. And like maybe a jacket that's like a, not bad, you know, a nice spring or fall jacket and people on the street in San Francisco would just be like, Hey man, love your outfit. I would go to the office and people would just be in awe of like, you, you took time to put that <laughs> together to come to the office. It's the weirdest thing in the world. Yeah. Devendra knows how to dress nicely. I agree. I don't. Um, I don't. By New York standards, <laughs> I am not. You know, Devendra's like, I am called a slob by my neighbors. Anyway. Uh, I, I've, I've actually had the conversation with my wife uh, during COVID. Uh, I, not long ago, actually, where I turned to her and I went, Honey, um, do you want me to try more? <laughs> like, I feel bad. I, I had yeah. a moment where I like I looked in the mirror and I went, "You have to see this all day long, like the whole package." <laughs> you know, I would say for every spouse, like you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a kindness you do for each other. I yeah, like, I was they're like, the only ones you, you have to like, impress. You know, yeah. I haven't had a haircut in six <laughs> months. You know, I, <laughs> I do you want me? I I. I could actually dress a little better. Do, do you want me? To? She's like, ah. she's used uh, to me. Yeah. My <laughs> wife is very, that. was pre COVID. My wife was very, always very, very well put together and, and always believed in the um, dress a little nicer than what is sure. needed, you know, like, yep. uh, and she will always try to impress that upon me. And now that has just all come crashing down. You know, mm, COVID has yeah. destroyed all of that semblance of mm. attempt. So, uh, speaking of things that COVID has destroyed, <laughs> um, I will say, uh, I, I, I promised some COVID related talk during this podcast. I mean, this, this, this was wanna... COVID related talk. Like we've lost it's fashion true. in a I'm way. Gonna we've deliver. lost it. I'm, I'm gonna you also don't want to let people down there. They tuned in specifically for the COVID related <laughs> talk. Um, so I read this article, um, by Amanda Mull. Uh, for the Atlantic entitled the pandemic has erased entire categories of friendship. <laughs> and, ba- yes. and basically yeah. what the, what the article was saying is like, there's people that maybe you used to hang out with in certain settings, like at a local bar to watch a baseball or like a football game or whatever. And you only know them from the bar, right? Like you, or you <laughs> yeah. only know them from like the, the board game store or whatever, right? Like you don't hang out with them in any other context. And basically like the, the pandemic has annihilated 
those friendships like because we we can't gather together anymore for me it's <laughs> annihilated all friendships <laughs> well this is what i was going to ask you guys is like i feel like first of all um i, I talked with a friend actually mutual friend uh davindra me davindra and this person kind of mm. roomed together in college okay um our friend heather oh, from yes, college yes. yeah yeah um and uh we she came over the other day we hung out in our garage uh masked you know fully ventilated ah, the covid and, living room yes yeah, yeah covid living room it's, and we had like electric blankets and like a, a space heater right so it's like somewhat comfortable mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And we're talking about, we're talking like, hey, like, um, how's it feel? I, I, I feel like when people reach out to check in, like when I reach out to check in on people, they are extremely grateful. Be and, and the implication is they're not getting checked in on. Yeah. yeah. And I think the reason is, like, I, I think COVID has made it so, like, there's no point in checking in on people because... <laughs> What I, what I mean by that is like we know how they're we, doing. Yeah, we know and how you're doing. Great. It sucks ass. It's not <laughs> great. And also, there's absolutely nothing we can do. We can't even like spend time with each other. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I guess I wanted to ask you guys. Like, to me, it feels like COVID has frozen most of my friendships and relationships. In fact, I have I spend more time talking with you guys yeah. than like <laughs> many people who I used to like hang out with pretty that regularly. Definitely. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I just I guess I'm just curious. Like, is that something that's happened to you? Like, do you feel like does everyone kind of do you think there's like an understanding with everyone like hey we're all just gonna press pause on this until this is all over right i, well, I, I don't like, i don't yeah. because i maybe this is my perception but i i believe or it seems to me that everyone is hanging out except me like i feel like people are <laughs> you know taking zoom this calls of uh that you weren't <laughs> yeah. invited to yeah, yeah. well i feel like it's not even yeah. it's not even zoom calls i feel like everybody is taking this less seriously than i am right and right. and i we've been saying this i've been saying this on the show to you guys for months but every it seems like every week my wife's like yeah no our friends are doing this and doing that and i'm like what the <laughs> fuck yeah and what? meanwhile, that's, like, that's, you can walk that's outside way, and, yeah. yeah that, that's another way that, like, COVID has destroyed friendships is it has shown you what your friends will do in a pandemic, right? Oh, yes. like, Most definitely. So you'll be like, oh, do it. Like, oh, I, I trusted you with my life before, but now yeah. I'm seeing this whole other side of you, basically, it, it, right? It is the zombie movie thing of, like, pushing humanity to its limits, right? And, yeah, you see, <laughs> you see how far people can go. Now you should be friends with them. Yeah. I got an email. <laughs> I got an email from... A, a service that I actually like and I've used a number of times. It's called Soothe. Do you guys know about mm. Soothe? Mm -mm. No. Mm -mm. Soothe, I mean, we're not doing an ad for them. I wish. I would love to do an ad for them pre-COVID. But uh, Soothe is a service that lets you book a uh, a massage therapist to come to your house. Ooh, so you don't have okay. to go anywhere. They come to your house. They set up their equipment. They turn on music that they brought. They give you a massage and then they leave. It's amazing. It's like going to a, a, a massage parlor but it comes to you you don't have to go anywhere it's great i've ordered it for my wife a number of times i've ordered it for myself a number of times i really have liked it well i got an email from soothe saying uh quote you haven't booked your valentine's day massage yet <laughs> what are you waiting for <laughs> and i wanted to write back the fucking pandemic to be over you motherfucker <laughs> What is wrong with you? Why would you write me an email like that? Yeah. It's it's insane. Like 
<laughs> I think everybody, everybody is behaving as if this is over. It's crazy to me. Susan's like, what are you waiting? What could possibly be a reason why you wouldn't want a massage therapist to come to your house? I feel like entire marketing strategies need to be rewritten too, because I'm I'm seeing the sponsor tweets, right? Of upcoming movies only in theaters. What the hell are you talking about? That sounds like a threat. Like you go to theater, you'll have to go to theater to see this yeah. damn movie and potentially die. Uh, please pay us to do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Devendra, have you, like, how, how have you experienced, like, the whole friends thing? You know? It, I mean, you yeah. know, I miss, I miss all my New York friends. Like, that's, yeah, well, because you're in a whole thing. new place now, too, right? Yeah. You're yeah. not just, you're not just uh, dealing with COVID. You're dealing with, like, a new location. Like, and I'm guessing it's hard to make friends during COVID times in a new location. Yeah. It is. Um, I mean, I'm in a, I'm in a cute little suburb, basically. And it's not like, it's not isolated, so it's actually we're near like a town center where there's a lot of stuff. We know the family near us. And like, luckily, they have, you know, it's another young family with the daughter around Sophia's age. So like once things are safe and we're friendly and we chat and like we leave notes in our mailboxes and stuff. So like there are friends we've made in this community. And um, but I miss New York and I miss just the casualness. You know, I miss the casualness of just the like serendipity. Right? Yeah, going like, to a bar, oh, bumping running into, into people. people. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think that the Amanda Mill article is great because it does describe just like that's all those little bits you miss, like the people in your neighborhood you just see on the, you know, on the sidewalk. Um the people who would like run the taco truck next to me. I miss all them. The people who would I'd see just walking up to the office, like the all these little bits of society, you know, that were just always there before have just disappeared. And I'm still trying to come to terms with it. I don't think like I try to check in with people when I can, but even before, like a lot of it was still virtual. I miss seeing people in person and I cannot, I think the thing I can't wait to do once things are safe is, is make a trip back to New York and see everybody because we basically had to just run. We just, (laughs) we just got the hell (laughs) out of there and like I would talk to people like, you know, local, you know, people who ran like uh, gift shops and stuff near uh, where we lived in Brooklyn. We're like, yeah, we're just we're moving. And they're like, oh, Leo, cool. When? Tomorrow. <laughs> you know, like we didn't have time yeah. to alert everybody. Like we just had to go because because of the pandemic, because um, things were just getting crazy in New York in general. So, yeah, it feels a little unfinished and I can't wait to go back and see everybody. But yeah, I hope uh, all, all I hope, like all the people I can't wait to see are the people who have been being safe. And, you know, I haven't had to, like, cut anybody off. There are family <laughs> people. There are family members I just won't talk to anymore because of either Trump support or either some other bullshit. So, like, you know, it's been easier to just, like, cut ties because I have an excuse now. Like, clearly, you've been an idiot. Here's an example of you being an idiot. We're we're done. <laughs> I, I love it, Divinia. First of all, I love it because you know you suffer no fools, and that's true of the movies you watch, and it's also true of COVID protocols. So I love it. Um, I do think there I, needs to be the the zombie movie about the moment after the zombie apocalypse is over, and everybody moves back home, and they're like, "Oh, hey, hey, how you doing? You didn't turn into a zombie." That's so great. I was that Shaun of the be... Dead sequel. We need that Shaun of the Dead sequel. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That would be really great. I I, I do think that, yeah, it, it's, it, it, it's uh, the way I described it. I, I recorded a culturally relevant episode about this, but it's basically like force majeure. So I don't know if you've seen uh-huh. force majeure. Yeah. 
Jeff, you haven't seen Force Majeure, right? I have right? not, no. Fantastic movie. So can I give away the premise of Force Majeure or is this a movie that you're going to watch at some point? I think I already know the premise, but go, go ahead. Okay, the premise is this family's on a skiing trip. It's like a, right. a, wife, a, a husband, wife, and two, and two kids, I think it is. Maybe three kids, I don't remember. And they go, they're eating at the ski lodge. And they they're freak eating out, this, right? They expo this, expose the... This, go, go ahead. Yeah, avalanche yeah. starts rushing towards them. Yeah. Avalanche starts rushing towards them. They're like, holy shit. Because the, the ski resort is detonating, is doing strategic detonations on yeah. um on the on the mountain to like make make the snow come down to like make it less dangerous. So they do one of these detonations. Avalanche starts rolling towards the ski lodge. They're outside eating their hot dogs or whatever the hell. And then the dad just gets up and takes the fuck <laughs> off. Like he's just like, I'm yeah. out of here, right? Yeah. Yeah. The mom is like, I got to protect my kids. She like covers her children, yeah, yeah. like in a very valiant act, right? She like kind of go, you know, it's like protecting them. And then the dad just wanders back and is like, uh, so, so, so basically you find out it was completely safe. It just looked dangerous, right? Like there was right. nothing wrong with it. But the, it exposed what uh -huh. he would do if in he that believed situation, him. right? Yeah. So he yeah. wanders back and he's like, huh. <laughs> you know, he wanted to be like, ah, I guess it wasn't that bad. And uh, yeah. what's for and dinner? The, what's for dinner, guys? Yeah, yeah and yeah. That, that's that. The rest of the movie is spent dealing with that act. It's brilliant. And that's a brilliant premise. It's already been it. remade too with Will Ferrell. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Will Ferrell, yeah. right? Will Ferrell, uh, Julie yeah. Louis Dreyfus. Who, by the way, Julie Dre Louis Dreyfus, very talented. Uh, she does great. She does great in the new version of it. Mm -hmm. But the mm -hmm. I would watch the original. I think it's much more interesting. And uh, and it's like once. People have revealed what they would do in that situation. You can't. You can't just go back to living normal life anymore. <laughs> yeah, right. you know what I mean. It's and so, so true. it's like this is the situation we're in right now. Is like, yeah. Oh, okay. We we might we might live through this. We might yeah, get through yeah. this. But yeah. but now I know, you know you're a dumbass. But like seventy one million people were okay with like whatever it was before. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or however many yeah. people voted for Trump, right? I love that it took like a fake avalanche to make that point in Force Majeure. By the way, and now it's just like. A virus where you could do just simple, simple methods to just like try to keep yourself and other people safe. And if you don't do that, like it is the least you could do. Yeah. The How many least people are will yeah. not willing to take the most basic, simple steps to, mm -hmm. uh, to save you? Uh, yeah. And by the 74 million, 74 million voted for Trump. I, I keep uh, thinking about that. This, we literally 400,000 people plus have died in this country to a virus that you can. Block 95% effective with a piece of cloth over your mouth and nose, right? Like, what if, what if we had had an actually deadly virus? Right. What if it was like, like uh, the one in Contagion, you know? Or Yeah, like, what if it, the virus yeah. was, was really had some fucking horrible yeah. transmission process? That it, We'd be done. Know, it was we truly would be done. airborne. Yeah. yeah. Like, we had, it could not have been a more simple defense. Mm-hmm. Like we, yeah. we, we, we went in against Glass Joe and have been knocked out in the first round. Yeah. The aliens you know saying, running what? our simulation. We're just like, here's a test, guys. Try, try yeah. this out again. We did it a hundred years is, ago. We're going to do it again now. Version, have you learned anything? Yeah. There is a version of this virus that's Mike Tyson, you know, but we went down to fucking Glass Joe. <laughs> it's crazy. Not isn't Glass Joe the the main the protagonist? Oh no, Glass Joe's no, no, the first no. guy. No. He's the yeah. first guy. In the, Little in Mike the game. is the protagonist. Come Little on. Mike, that's right. Sorry. Okay, my bad. Yes, I could have right. said uh, Soda Popinski if you'd felt better. Yes, yes, Soda Popinski. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it, it, and it's like okay, it, this was the dress rehearsal 
for the real thing. You know, it's yeah. possible. It's possible another pandemic could occur in our lifetime. It's possible. Oh, it's likely, it's dude. Very when, likely. When, bi- very likely. when bio fucking when when bioengineering becomes as simple as as a computer programming was in our lifetime. You know how many computer viruses we've all deal- dealt with because some jackass just wanted to see if he could make one. That's how it's going to be with actual bioengineering. Like mm-hmm. the first, there were computers. And they were really hard to program for, and they were only in a certain place, and they were super expensive, and they took up a whole room. And at a certain point, computers became ubiquitous, and it became super easy to make a computer virus. And so they were everywhere, and then we had to deal with having computer viruses all the time. And there was a period where everybody had a computer virus for a long time until we all went, oh, you know, one of the requirements of having a computer is to have virus protection software. Well, guess what? That same shit's going to happen for organic human bodies, because we're going to be able to bioengineer shit with CRISPR and it's going to be so easy. It's going to be as easy as writing a piece of code on a computer. And that shit's going to happen because there's going to be some one dude in a garage. who's like, I wonder if I could make the most devastating virus of all time. And it's going to fucking wipe out huge portions of the population. It's going to fucking suck. And it's going to happen in our lifetimes. Yep. Wow. It's a, it's a cheery, (laughs) cheery uh, view of the future, Jeff. That's what people tune into the after darks for guys. (laughs) You want a COVID talk, but we're going post COVID where yeah, things, we're things are getting even worse. Post COVID, but yeah, we don't even yeah. So uh anyway, I guess where I'm where I'm landing on this, other than that whole prophecy that Jeff made, is I do think there's value in checking in on folks. You know, the the problem is right, it's like I know how you're doing, terrible. <laughs> you you know how I'm doing, terrible, and there's nothing I can do to alleviate your pain because we're all going through it at the same time. Yeah. But I do, I do think if you can find it in yourself, which I understand if you can't, but if you can find it in yourself, I do think it means a lot to people to be like, hey, how are you doing? Like everyone's going through this at a different level right now. You know, we're all going through it at a different way. Um, we all have different challenges. You guys have kids. I don't even know what that's like. It's not you know? great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And, and I you, feel you like know all this free time you have, Dave, to just like yeah. do shit. <laughs> And you can yeah. read and you can produce content and watch movies. And oh man, you've got like in during the day, maybe a two hour window where I can do that freely. Yeah. You know, and in, in that two hours, all you want to do is sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure it's extremely rewarding as well, right, guys? <laughs> right, guys? I just let the silence go. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, we All were right. we were built to have uh, help while taking care of children, and we do like mm-hmm. we don't have that right now. And that, that is, I think that is it's going to be a major loss. I I've said this. Before. It takes still, a village, Devendra. Except does, there aren't any villages anymore. <laughs> the villages are dead because nobody would wear a mask. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, guys. Ugh. Let's do one more topic. Uh, before we wrap this up for today, you're dangerous because um, mine's big and I, we don't need to talk about. It. Okay, uh, yeah, Devendra. Okay, so you had a topic for the After Dark. When do you give up on a movie? Mm-hmm. Right? I feel okay, like so, maybe people have asked this years ago, but it's good to come at it again. Well, yeah. I had this experience watching the Glitch in the Matrix movie this week. To be honest uh-huh. with you, I was watching it and it was like <laughs> twelve thirty a.m. and I'm like, Yeah, does this movie really have anything new to say to me at this? You know, because I. I was like tired and I didn't feel like the movie was like super revelatory. And I was like, should I just peace out on this movie? But I'm like, no, no, I can't. This might be the only movie I watched from Sundance this year. 
So I, I stuck it out. But like you've you've watched, I don't know, like six movies this last week, right? So like I've watched and I mean, those were the only ones I put down here. I've, I've seen more. I've walked through. I've done VR stuff. There, there are all sorts of things. Uh, movies are easier to quit, right? Because uh, once I start a VR thing, one thing I've learned, especially with these VR demos, ask people how long this is going to take because it's literally um, minutes of your life that you're giving up to this experience, you know? So it's like, oh, this is just a you know quick 45-minute VR session. Don't worry about it. Um, that's, you will feel that time, folks. So trust yeah. me. Um, yeah. Just because of the, the physical weight on your head is what you're well, saying. Well, the physical weight of it, the like, okay, do I have anything else I need to do? Because I'm shut off from the world for 45 well, also, minutes. Also, like, yeah. you know about two minutes in whether or not you want to yeah. spend the next 45 minutes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So so like for VR, like I've, I've never quit a VR thing, but there are definitely things I wanted to. For movies, I, I have already encountered several documentaries at Sundance where I'm like, I don't, should I just wait until this is fully released? Like, I don't know if I need to go through this. Like, uh, have you I, started, you started the movie and didn't know to finish yeah. it? Is that where it is? Well, I started the movie. And I was just like, I don't, I don't know if this is doing anything for me. You know, but it was either something I was potentially interested in for work. And at this point, I'm just making work for myself, because if I say I don't want to cover it, like nobody's going to make me, you know, so it's just kind of right. like how much how much am I willing to punish myself to go through it? Uh, I will say I've come up with a lot of creative ways to watch some of these movies, um, especially for documentaries where like the, you know, it, it's not often that the actual filmmaking in a documentary is really selling it for me. So it's like, I don't always need to watch it on my TV. You know, I could watch it on my mm. iPad while I'm also taking care of other things, but paying attention to what's happening. Right. And taking notes. So like, I've definitely opened up the way I've consumed some of these things. And for documentaries, it's totally fine. But then occasionally I come across ones like users where it's like, Oh, I'm very glad I watched that on my big TV, you know, mm. because the presentation was so good. Um, and, I think it's, normally, it's tough yeah. at a it's it's tough at a film festival, especially for one that you're seeing in person, because uh, when, excuse when me, you start, excuse me, I'm leaving. Excuse me, pardon mm-hmm. me. Excuse me. Yeah, <laughs> sit that, on that the moment. aisle, people. Sit on the, the aisle. Worst. Yeah, sit on the aisle. <laughs> yeah. There's that, but there's also like uh, when you're sitting in a movie and like this, fe- there's this really bad feeling you get at a f- film festival. I've never gotten it anywhere else. It's just at a film festival, uh-huh. you sit down the movie's about to start and then you know like 15 minutes in you're not going to like this movie yeah right? and that <laughs> yeah. You, have you had have you had that thing where like you're you're in that and and somebody gets up and leaves and it almost like gives permission yeah. for a lot of people to get up and leave because oh, like the i first, am that guy i'm the guy that the, does that you're the Jeff. permission giver i'm the permission giver but the, it's I, you're, not, you're dave dave you're the one who walks I am. I am nicely done, Jeff. Yes, I am. I I am the one who walks. Um, <laughs> I, it, it's tough because number on the one hand, I'm compelled to GTFO because yeah, yeah, you're, it's an opportunity cost. You're like, oh, I could be watching another thing. And you know, when I was younger, it's like whatever. You have all the time in the world. But now, you know, I have lesser time, more time than you guys, but less time. And um, and it's like, oh, this is costing me the opportunity to see another great film at the festival. I might not get into that other film, but at yeah, least I'll have yeah. a chance, you know. And then, um, but then the thing is, I, I don't know if you guys feel this, but for me, I feel like because we talk about movies, there is value in finishing the movie. Oh yeah, like yeah. there yes. is value in me finishing a movie that is bad, so I can tell you that I watched the movie and it is bad, you yes. know. And so, but if I wasn't doing this. I don't know if I'd feel that way. You know, like if I wasn't mm-hmm. hosting this podcast or, yeah. uh, you know, commenting on movies, I, 
I don't think I would feel that way, but because there's I a couple am, of movies like we talked about. Well, you know, even like First Cow, where uh, I think you know it's a movie that was on my top ten list. And if I hadn't had to watch it for this show, and like the first ten minutes, I would have been like, eh, I'm not watching this. And I'm so glad I stuck with it. Right? It, it, right. it it's rare that a movie will turn, but it does happen. It does happen. Um, right. I, I think it's easiest for me to step out when I know when it's a movie that I've already heard buzz about. Like it could be iffy. Like I, I think I remember starting to watch Vice at some point. I think I talked about this. And I got like ten minutes into that movie. And I was like, you know, I don't need to do this. We're not going to talk about it. I don't need to actually like discuss it with anybody. Like <laughs> I can like, just it's step not going to be on the slash film cast. Uh, I don't, I don't need to worry about it. Yeah, and uh, I feel no desire to go back and rewatch that. Like watch that movie, and I'm fine. And I feel like that's two hours of my life I have not given up to you know something I probably will not like. I, I am yeah. a fan of Adam McKay's work, but I have not enjoyed Vice. I have not yeah. enjoyed Vice. I have not enjoyed The Big Short. Yep, because they both seem like movies that are made by somebody who is extremely pleased with himself. Exactly. It's like, yeah, I'm, yeah. It's like uh, look at look at me. Look at look at what I'm doing. I'm explaining this. I have this transcended extre- my comedy yeah, roots yeah. and I am I'm, making I'm drama. So, I am Dave. so, look how clever I am. I'm explaining things to you with Margot Robbie in a bathtub. I mean, I'm giving the people what, I'm feeding them vegetables in a format that they actually like. Um, exactly. And with Vice, yeah. I mean, Dave. Vice is just like, the, the tone of Vice is just, uh, like reprehensible, I would say. Like it, it is, it, the particularly the last scene. I don't know if you remember the like the post credit sequence, Devendra, but it, there's this whole sequence where it's like he's making fun I've of his audience. I've not seen it, so no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because you walked out of it according to your story just now. Anyway, um, not not a fan of Adam McKay's last couple films, unfortunately. Um, you only like movies made by people that hate themselves. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, you oh said that, it aren't was a movie. Pleased, that aren't pleased with themselves. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> James prefers artists who are tortured and preferably self-tortured. <laughs> 100%. Who doesn't? Who doesn't right. is the question. Who doesn't? So, uh, so Devinger, how many movies you pieced out on in, at Sundance so far? At Sundance? Um... Like, are, are there any movies you started this year and didn't finish, or no, you finished? No, all? no, I, I've okay. I finished everything. I've definitely been compelled to quit on at least a couple, though. Yeah, yeah, um, I I hear you. And the thing is, when you're watching it at home, it's it, like the it's barriers so to quitting easy. are so low, right? It's oh, just like man. I just gotta stand up and walk away. <laughs> like I just <laughs> gotta stop. close this browser window. Could do anything <laughs> else done. with my life right now? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there's so many things I could be doing with my life in this house other than watching this. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely interesting how this online film festival has reconfigured some of our priorities. So, all right, guys. Well, I think that was a, a spirited and lively debate about a lot of topics. So I think we can wrap it up. <laughs> all right, next week. It's going to be The Dig. It's going to be Malcolm and Marie for The After Dark. If you're listening to this, thank you for being a patron at patreon.com slash film podcast. We yeah, appreciate I, you. I imagine, I imagine there's a number of new subscribers who heard we were doing COVID topics and uh, <laughs> just became subscribers just, just to be able to listen to this. You know? You, you know, let me actually say something about the, the Patreon generally, by the way, which is that uh, so there's two ways you can do Patreon, right? One is bill at the beginning of each month and another way is bill immediately and bill at the beginning of each month mm-hmm. right i i have opted for the latter because basically what people can do if you do the other way is they can sign up for the patreon not ever pay you then mm. cancel 
and then like re-sign up again the following month and then cancel again before you know just get those sweet COVID just, topics. Get those, don't get, uh, don't COVID get the Patreon get... hacks out there, Dave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um well that's the thing. You can't you cannot do that now. Okay. But the problem now <laughs> is that because we bill right immediately, um that uh it disincentivizes people signing up at the end of the month. Because you get billed, you know, if you get if you sign up on January twentieth, you get billed, and then you get billed again on February first. So we literally got a huge influx of patrons this morning as we're recording this February first, um, and it's it's a little bit suboptimal the way Patreon does it. They are experimenting with new um, models. Like there is what the, the ideal model is: you get billed on a rolling thirty day basis, like a normal company right like right, right. you sign up yeah. and then 30 days later you're building it they don't have that yet one day they will um but just wanted to say sorry for those who like felt like they got double billed in a short period of time um but uh until patreon oh, rolls yeah, out I that other thing yeah you yeah. know what i'm saying so, so, so you get billed immediately and then the month rolls and you get correct it, yeah, so if you yeah. sign up on the 28th you get billed and then you get billed again on yeah, the first you, you paid for right. january on the 28th yeah, yeah unfortunately exactly. so yeah so sorry about that to those who like uh felt like that you know they didn't understand that but um until patreon introduces other change this is the only way we can protect from like like people <laughs> patreon hacking our our page um and uh hopefully they'll they'll fix that soon yeah. but it's, it's weird that they can't just do it like a month from when you sign up but i guess uh i think they do it to yeah yeah exactly for the credit card fee company yeah, to simplify yeah. their whole situation but they're they're yeah. experimenting with it they've said like it's something they're rolling out this year so hopefully uh it'll get better in the future but if you are a patron you've already dealt with all that shit and so <laughs> thank grateful. you very much we yeah. really appreciate it we are uh, grateful truly yeah. Yeah. yeah so thank you thank you for you know, being here with us. All right, guys. We'll see you all next week.